Well, greetings to each of you and welcome to The Shakedown, a podcast about corrections for corrections and by corrections. I'm your host, Aaron Dawson. Good to be with you again this week. I have an exciting interview um, to share with you this week while I was at Jailcon South uh, a few weeks ago. I had the opportunity to have a conversation with one of the vendors. Uh, she's an attorney. Her name is Elisa um, Brodkowitz. She's the CEO of Lightning Long. We began talking about uh, a recent case that is being uh, heard in the 11th Circuit and the results that that has, uh, that could have uh, when it deals with legal mail. And the conversation was quite interesting. And so I asked her if she'd be willing to come on uh, the podcast. And she was gracious enough uh, to, to be willing to do so. And so I want to share that interview uh, with you. Before we jump into the the interview, question for you. Uh, When was the last time that you thought about legal mail? Uh, As as little as possible, right? Uh, Legal mail is one of those things. It's it's an annoyance. It's something that, you know, we know we're going to have to deal with, but it's not on the schedule, so to speak. And then all of a sudden, there it is. We got to deal with it. Um, and we know it's important, but do we know why it's important? And do we know the risks that go along with uh, dealing with legal mail? Well, uh, that is something that Lisa and I are going uh, to discuss uh, and uh, know that it will be informative. And so uh, without further ado, let's get to that interview. Well, all right. Well, if you're ready, we'll, we'll go ahead and jump in. Great. So, um, yeah, so if it's okay, I would sort of start with, you know, obviously cut whatever you want, but what is legal mail? So, um, you know, the framing of what is legal mail is not that you just write the words legal mail on it and it becomes legal mail. You can't just like bless it and make it legal mail. And that's um, from the outside and from the inside. So the issue has arisen in different cases You know, if an individual gets a thumb drive from the prosecuting attorney with all of the documents in their case in it, is that legal mail? Answer, no, not legal mail, because it does not come from the attorney who is representing them. So that's really the the test. Is there an attorney who is representing this individual and is communicating with them? Now you have legal mail. So let's say uh, the attorney doesn't designate it as legal mail, forgets to write the words legal mail on it. Is it still legal mail? If it is pretty obvious to the administrators that it's legal mail, it comes from the deputy public defender's office. It's, It's the courts expect you to be able to say, oops, this is probably legal mail. But if you have no way of knowing, then then you really, you know, can't get into trouble. Um, But yeah, so it's really a common sense question. Um, If somebody who is incarcerated writes letters to people that they want to represent them, this is not legal mail. Those those attorneys do not yet represent them. So just keeps. Yeah, it keeps coming back to that, you know. Showing of representation, there has to be a showing that this individual is represented by this person. And and there are a lot of cases out there where there's a family member who happens to be a lawyer. Well, then there's someone else who also happens to be a lawyer. Um, you really yeah. need you need that notice of appearance 
I have appeared in this case and I represent them or, you know, I have an agreement to represent them. So that attorney and the incarcerated individual, they need to make that showing. So now you have legal mail. Long discussion, but it's important to kind of think about like, well, what is legal mail and can you just kind of create it? Sure. And, you know, you look at, you know, from a practical perspective as a corrections officer and as an, and as an administrator, you know, you'd see both ends of the spectrums. You see the one that came in that was clearly marked, very obvious. This is legal mail, no question about it. Um, and then you had the others that, you know, it was written with an ink pen across the top of the envelope or the back of the envelope, legal mail. And it, you have the question immediately because you, you they know that we're going to hesitate to open it because it says legal mail on it. But then on the other hand, you don't want to just introduce something into the <laughs> into the facility. So that is, I had never heard that, that, that there has to be a notice of representation prior for that to count as legal mail when you're talking about attorney, uh, the attorney client or the attorney inmate communication. That, that is a, I will guarantee you, is a huge piece of information. Um, you know, because the, and I'll be honest, just in my experience, very rarely I would say, did I see as a corrections officer, the notice of representation, because that so often went through the courts. I'm assuming from their perspective, that was an afterthought on our, on our behalf, but that'd be something that would definitely be in the administrator's interest to request that from the, Hey, when you get a, a notice of representation from a, an inmate forward that over to us so we can put it in their file. And we know we get a letter from such and such law office. We can immediately look and see, Hey, wait a minute. They're not representing this individual. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the individual gets a letter. Oops. I think you may have frozen again. The individual gets a letter and it says legal mail, you know, in handwriting and you have some questions. If there's a return address, there's no reason you can't say, hold on. We're just going to call these folks, make sure they represent you, you know, um, they sure. represent you. Now you get it. Um, or, uh, you know, if there's no return address saying to the incarcerated person, who's your attorney, please provide their name. We need to make sure they sent you legal mail just because it says the word right. legal mail doesn't, you know, it, it's not a, uh, it's not a silver bullet. So, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Yes. So sometimes we got to start at those basics, you know, um, and then the test uh, for, um, well, even backing up further, why is legal mail special? Legal mail is special because of the First Amendment and the Sixth Amendment. So with the First Amendment, we all know that that's freedom of speech. And we've heard about chilling speech. So uh, you can be prevented from speaking, but you can also be afraid to speak. And mm. in the United States, we value free speech so much we don't even want people to be afraid to speak. Uh, that's right. a violation of their rights. And and that's, I mean, I've got to say, having traveled to many different countries, that is not the case in a lot of other countries. In other countries, <laughs> it's just fine if you're afraid to speak, but not in our country. And that's a beautiful thing about our country. We all really value that. And then the um, that extends to folks who are incarcerated. They should not be afraid to freely speak with their lawyer because they're worried that that information could be read by someone and then used against them. Um, that confidential communication with your lawyer is so important that it starts at the very beginning with Miranda. 
where someone is arrested and under the Miranda case, they have to be told you have the right to be silent. Anything you say can right. be used against you. So we're, we so protect that at the beginning. We always have to protect that throughout, throughout their, um, their stay. And then the second part of that is the Sixth Amendment. So the Sixth Amendment is really interesting. It's a big part of all court operations, jail operations, how lawyers conduct themselves. But that is due process, your right to a fair trial. Right. And um, that's another thing that we hold very close. And the the. Uh, the creators of our Constitution were so particular about that, probably because they had experienced some unfair trials before. Right. So if you're going to hold me accountable for something, I need notice that there's a trial that's going to happen or something's going to happen. I need the I need to be represented by a lawyer. I need actual legal representation. I need all these boxes to be checked off or else that's just not fair. So right. I, the right to confront your witnesses, there's a lot of, you know, get into seventh and other amendments, but the main thing with legal mail, first and sixth. Um, so then the the next question is, you know, how do you make sure that you're meeting these requirements? How how do you ensure right. that things are constitutional? Um, so there's a general rule that prisons can make rules that are in what's called the penological interest of the facility. If right. these rules um, relate to safety, order, rehabilitation, the facility has the discretion to make those rules. And now there's this really big problem, right, with folks who are putting contraband in what's being characterized as legal mail. Right. So people are thinking, like, well, can I just make these new new ways of getting legal mail because it's it has to do with safety? Right. Excuse me. I want to make sure you get a word in advice here, Aaron. <laughs> oh, you're good. You were good. Well, and, and you know, it is when you look at just functionality, daily functionality in a facility, um, you know, and there's a lot of agencies and facilities that are going through great effort to reduce the amount of mail using email and, and technology and texting and so forth and so on to try, you know, video calls as opposed to, you know, to try to eliminate the the methods that people could use to get contraband in through mail um but you know obviously legal mail is one of those things that at least for the time being there's going to be some hard paper going back and forth um so that's a that's a necessary thing and you know when you especially have if you have a younger officer you know they've just been in the corrections field a year or two all they've known is, hey, we're trying to get rid of mail, reduce mail, try to keep it to a minimum. And the the viewpoint is, I guess, from a jail perspective, almost negative. You know, that, that mail coming through the, you know, coming in going, oh, good grief, we got to deal with more mail. But you have to have a totally different mentality when you're talking about legal mail. I mean, because the, 
the way in which you're going to look malicious can escalate very quickly, even if there is no maliciousness. Look, I'm just trying to get through this, get, you know, inmate A, his mail, inmate B, his mail. I'm opening mail. All of a sudden, I've opened something I'm not supposed to. And now, you know, the agency and this officer is in the middle of, you know, they're having to have conversations with someone like you on, on, a, on a detailed basis where right. I messed up. Now what kind of thing? Um, and, and so putting the, the importance behind legal mail, you know, that that's, it is sobering, but it's also, it's also a good reminder that we can't just, it's not just a piece of paper. We're talking about constitutional, uh, components here that you can't just trivialize it and, and just, you know, run amok with, I guess would be the way to say it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think, um, we also operate under the innocent until proven guilty um, methodology and uh, having uh, having all those rights is important for everybody. Um, right. So, yeah. So um, even though you could be saying like, OK, we're things are different now because there have been uh, folks who are soaking paper in um, meth or, you know, yep. using all these horribly creative ways to get drugs into our facility, you know, we should, yes. you know, it's in the penological interests for us to change how we deal with these things. Um, there is an actual test that has developed in each circuit. I'll speak to the ninth circuit um, because I practice in the ninth circuit, so I'm more familiar, okay. but the ninth circuit um, lists, uh, it's a four factor test. Um, to see whether you can limit a uh, incarcerated individual's ability to send and receive um, legal mail. Okay. Those are number one, is there a valid rational connection between the official action and the legitimate government interest put forth to justify it? So you might say, yes, like we're, we're not gonna give you this paper because it could be coded in drugs. We're gonna find a different way. We're gonna open it. We're gonna do something else to it. Um, whether that's scan it or photocopy it or whatever. So that kind of goes towards the facility solving their problem. Number two, whether an alternative means of exercising the right to send and receive mail remains open to the inmate. Well, because we have technological advances that could, you know, connect the person who's incarcerated directly with their attorney, I would say, yes, there's a different way to right. do it. Um, so that sort of bodes against the facility just doing their own thing. Um, number three, what impact <clears throat> accommodation, what impact accommodation of the inmates' right will have on guards, other inmates, and the allocation of prison resources generally? So uh, I think that can go both ways, but if you're passing over this, um, legal mail that could be coded in drugs, then right. you're, uh, you have an allocation of resources that's really bad. You have to deal with overdoses. You have to deal with staff who's getting sick. Um, so then that's sort of like in favor of the facility kind of making their own rules. Um, and the last one, kind of a reiteration of number two, whether there's an absence of ready alternatives to the actions taken. So, um, you know, obviously... Uh, I'm the CEO of a company that has an alternative. So we, I would say there is an alternative solution. <laughs> um, right. And yeah. And so that that all of that really does lead into the Christmas v. Nabor's case that um, 
that you invited me here to talk about. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, what you have heard thus far. I will say uh, the interview uh, was going so well. The conversation was going so well. Uh, I didn't want to stop. And so we just kept right on rolling. Uh, but we ran out of time as far as an episode for this week. So I'm going to extend that, uh, the second half, volume two, if you will, of the conversation next week. And so we're going to discuss uh, some recent case law, uh, a act that is in Congress currently, the Prison Oversight Act, and some other uh, legal mail uh, concerns. Uh, so I hope you'll come back with us next week to catch the second half of this interview. I know that you will find it informative. But in the meantime, guys, stay sharp, stay safe, stay vigilant. Godspeed.